0: Welcome to The Quad, CCB's sport podcast. I'm Simon Hill, Deputy Head at Christ College, and I'm delighted that you've joined us as we discuss all the latest sports news at the school. We'll cover global sporting issues and also spend time with invited guests, all of whom have specialisms or interest in the world of sport. This is The Quad.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of The Quad. Um, I'm really happy to be back this week and joined by the usual crowd um, that's joined us over the last couple of uh, couple of weeks but we've also got Eliza with us today uh, making her her pod debut so I'm really pleased that you're here Eliza and uh, looking forward to hearing about your insights into sport and how uh, how kind of your your perceptions um, can kind of come across to us all. Um, So on that note then You've all had a busy week, I'm sure, in sport. So I'm going to ask you just to kind of throw it out there. How's your week in sport been? I'm going to throw it to Jack first. Come on, Jack. What have you done this week in
0: sport? Well, there was a, the cross country last week, the second one of the of the winter series. It was in a Krakow. It was good. There was a lot of athletes running. I think I don't know if there was less than in Cracow, but definitely a few came out again. And I think Winter, you mentioned about the t shirts, the free cross country t shirt. I think that might have. Motivated a few people Absolutely. to
1: on. I think there was a lot. There was a, a few less than yeah. um, in terms of all the schools that competed um, compared to Christ College. But that happens throughout the cross country season. That the numbers start to drop and dwindle a little bit. But I was really pleased in the fact that Christ College, being the smallest school in Paris, had the biggest representation. Yeah. So we had the biggest team there. So that was something as a uh, as the director of sport. I was really pleased about. But I think you're right. The uh, the lure of the free cross country t shirt. If you complete all four races, um, which I'm not sure if uh, Jack Organ has yet. but no, We might we might I'm make an exception it. for uh, for if you win all the rest of them. Um, yeah. But yeah. Three. But yeah.
0: So um, so cross country great. How'd you get on, Jack? Um. Well, I I won, so that was. Yeah, it's brilliant. Big result. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. nice. It was an interesting course. There was a bit of bit of grass, a bit of um road and some sort of hard mud there's yeah a few dogs as obstacles on the way around which made it interesting but yeah it was fun it was nice to did any uh, of you your um,
1: podcasting uh, team run the cross country
0: with you? well okay. yeah Ollie Rose <laughs> he made an appearance and fair play to him he 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 gave it a good shot.
1: Yeah. Him and Matt. It's tanking already. How uh, how easy is cross country? Yeah. and I'm not going to ask you personally what your
2: weight is, uh, <laughs> there You're a, you're a big forward, strapping forward. Um yeah. How did you find it? Uh it was it was good. It was it was different because last time I went cross country, I was probably about thirteen, uh, weighing probably about twenty five kilos less than <laughs> <I> do <didn't laughs> now. So it was it was very different. What but, kind of things? So mentally, it was
1: probably a bit more challenging mentally as well for you to kind of. Trying to get around and, and put uh,
2: put different kind of ultras on it was it? Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't too difficult to be honest because also I've been mean, doing lots of fitness getting ready for the season so it was uh, good. Yeah, it was just good stuff and I think yeah great it was brilliant for me to see lots of uh, lots of Christ college people <coughs> taking part.
1: Uh, great win for you, Jack. I was really pleased to see you uh, t- to kind of beat um, beat the lad who beat Joe the week before um, from a <laughs> bit of redemption there. Yeah, it was called. a little bit of redemption which was great. Um, so anyone else? Week in sports, come on, Al, what have you been doing this week?
3: Um, we played KLB on Wednesday and we drew one all. Bro, yeah, um, great. They were a very, very strong team in defence. Not so much forward, but their goalkeeper was phenomenal. I think that came, kept them in the game quite a lot. If they, if she wasn't there, they would have lost a lot heavier. So the score would have been a bit different? Yeah. Yeah. Very. Bro,
1: good stuff. Liza, what have you done this week in sport?
3: Um, well, it's sort of been my first week
4: coming back because I've been off games for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so I didn't play the first match against KLB, but I did play the second one against Candover. Ah, nice. Okay. Um, I think we'll talk about Shanghai yeah. Arena
2: a bit
1: further. Good stuff. Um, Meg? Yeah. Hockey's been very strong this week.
5: We've Lots hockey. going on. Yeah. Lots going on. And we're just finding our feet as a team now. We're actually. We're going paces. I'm going to pick your brain. I'm going to pick your brain on that a little bit because yeah. it's been
1: a really good week yeah. for girls senior hockey, um, especially uh, Annabelle.
4: Um, the same really. Same. So. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same hockey
1: games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, you haven't done anything different because you know it is just what it is. Okay, good. Um, All and Dan, what's been going on?
6: Uh, yeah, we've had one rugby game this week on the Saturday. Yeah. Against okay, Saint Saint Edward's Oxford. And it's a good win, really. Yeah, good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick your brain, actually, because there has been other things going on. Uh, morning
1: gym. How about morning gym? Is, is that, How's that going? I know girls and boys have their two sessions, morning gym a week. Boys is on the Monday and the Friday, and the girls on the Tuesday and the Thursday. H- how are we doing? Board is probably more appropriate for morning gym. How's it going? Al? Been hitting morning gym?
3: I go on a Thursday when I'm in school. Yeah,
1: that's brilliant
3: but it
6: is, it is hard to get out of bed. Is it? But when you're up, it's, it's actually
1: tricky. A Yeah, I know. It's like yeah. getting yourself out of bed is uh, is,
6: is that is hard. Dan, how's the point? Is it um, turned out for boys been good? It's, it's better than last year. I could put it that way. Um, um, it's quite nice to see on a Monday. got Ollie Rose and Ashton Barrow in yeah. the two day boarders. <laughs> making, as yeah, well. making excellent. A That's really good. Well done. Yeah. That's great dedication
1: because that didn't happen much last year with no, the day no, pupils, no, did no. it? No. So if we can, uh, and you guys... Who, who, how'd
2: you get in there? Yeah, dry. my uh, my parents take some weekend. That's, that's really, really good. Nice, nice six. Great dedication. Meg, how's your
1: morning gym going? So good. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: have not gone to a morning gym. But I'm sure you're putting I'm, I'm sure
1: you're putting some work in throughout the week. Yeah, I go gym during the
5: week well because done. I can't make the mornings. Yeah, that's brilliant. The girls said they enjoy the morning gym. Great, first. yeah,
1: and I think that's important, isn't it? Is it's, it's the kind of element that it will bring where it will develop. Um, fitness on, on the pitch and in lots of different ways. So uh, there's lots going on in the week, not just um, not just our fixtures and, and training. Okay, so I'm gonna kind of just give you a bit of a snapshot about our results like we usually do each week and let the people at home know what we've done and how we've got on. And I might just drop in there for you to give a little bit of a, um, a recap about the, the, the matches. Um, so first of all, Alex, I'm going to throw it back to you. Uh, KLB and then please other hockey people jump in. Um, they were decent team, weren't they?
3: Yeah, they were a very, very good team, to be fair. They came up, uh, we didn't know, we haven't played them before, so we didn't know how they were, but they came out quite strong, but they start to got a lot weaker towards the end as they only had one sub. So.
1: I got a fact about them as well because you guys played Hereford Cathedral School a couple of weeks before, yeah. and kind of we found that quite a tricky game. And then after you played them, they played KLB mm-hmm. in I think it was the cup, and KLB beat Hereford on flicks. Yeah. So when I saw that, I, I knew you were going to have a tough game, and I was like, oh okay, this is going to be a tricky one. So for you guys to kind of come back, well, with a, draw. With a brilliant draw, I thought you know that kickstarts your season doesn't yeah, it it's those type of things and that's off the back of the winning on the open. weekend yeah, so it all yeah. starts to kind of roll into one um so do you want to talk a little bit more about that then how, how is it kind of how do you feel it's kickstarting the season a bit meg
5: well at the beginning we were quite slow and a lot because also a lot of our team had injuries we weren't ever we never played two games with the same team mm-hmm. so it was just like trying to find a place with different members you know yeah. don't really play very well and then and we've recently had a more consistent team and more of them played really well I think that boosted our confidence so they yeah a win. we just went oh do you know what maybe we, can we are we are pretty good <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> yeah and Floss yeah, coming back because Floss has been injured for a Floss long injured, quite a long time
1: so she's back which is really kind of bolstered that mid yeah. of the park hadn't it um, yeah but I think you're right win is surprising isn't it how a win can start to kind of start to positive momentum yeah. within the team and um, winning teams are very difficult to beat. Slandovery um, then, Annabelle, how did that one go? This that was on Saturday, wasn't it?
4: Yeah. Um, it was a good game. They actually were a lot stronger than they were last year so I, I was quite surprised. Yeah. They did get an annoying goal. I couldn't really do much about it. No? Um, I think we were really missing Poppy then. Ah, right, okay. If we had Poppy, I feel like the score would have been quite a lot Eliza,
1: how did it go for you? You said you were watching for a bit of it and then you, you, you got on. How did, it, how did you see it from the sidelines?
4: Um, I think we can definitely tell that our team, like our own team, is becoming playing much better together. Um, and yeah, as Annabelle said, I think still missing a few players in the school could have been different, but it was a very good game to watch and to play part of. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's nice that you say that actually, Annabelle. Then they were a bit stronger than you thought they were going to be. So that means that we've got to make sure that we keep progressing.
5: Yeah, we uh, just sometimes go, oh, we always beat Stand That's fine. it, yeah. We, then, have to, we have to actually, like, well... Absolutely. Like that yeah. So that kind of
1: complacency can't set in, and it's yeah. probably good because you were playing them again um, under lights, aren't we? I think it's on the 9th of December. Yeah,
5: they'll probably come out a whole lot more ready now. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, like yeah, so, so you, <laughs> you'll, you'll know a little bit about them, yeah,
1: but they'll certainly know a little bit yeah. more about you. So, you know, that's that's kind of a tricky one. Um, to go by. The, the under 15s, um, they drew against Landovery. Um, player of the match there was Tilly. and um, should say that the players of the match in the KLB seniors game was Poppy. Um, and the player of the match in the Landovery game for the seniors was Alex and Darcy. So well done, Al. That's brilliant. Then you've got um, player of the match for the under 15s was Tilly uh, and Olivia Powell. And then the under 13s this week, they played Moore Park and. Uh, the under 13s won 3-0 and the under 12s lost 2-1 and the under 13s player of the match was Izzy Pierce and the under 12s was Cecily Mears and I just wanted to say something about Cecily actually that she has had a brilliant couple of weeks she's fantastic on the cross-country course consistently finishing in um, I think it's the top five um, so you know, she's be, been brilliant and she was playing with the match in hockey so well done Cecily You've been having a brilliant few weeks so keep it up Right, so that's cross country done, hockey done. There was a badminton fixture, and I must mention the badminton team that went over to Luckton to play over there. And uh, it was captained by Linus uh, from Orchard House, and he did a brilliant job captaining his, uh, his team to uh, a 14-7 win um, at, Lander, uh, at, uh, at Luckton. And Luckton are back over with us this Wednesday for the return fixture, so we're looking forward to, uh, to that uh, fixture again. Right. Lads,
2: rugby this week, where did you go and what did you do? <clears throat> well, we, um, we had uh, the first and the second's travel down to Oxford uh, last Saturday. It was a long way, long time on the bus, but yeah, I think it was all worth it because um, we came off with a very, very nice, uh, not I would say easy, but well deserved victory for us. For That's that. a good way of putting it? Isn't yeah. It was well deserved. Yeah, 32 It was a great shift from uh, all the boys, really. Mm-hmm. Score at half time? Can you remember? Yeah. 25. Yeah. Yeah, So I think we dominated the first half. We knew that it was going to be different. What do you think?
6: How how was your analysis of it, Dan? First, oh, first half, we played really well as a team. We're not known for coming out of the blocks, but 10 minute warm up we had. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It it was quickly. Honestly played really well. Um, Special mention to Jack Perrins. played very well that game. Kicking two penalties in the first, I think, three minutes. Um, But yeah. I like that, Dan. It was, a, it was a really good game from Jack. He was really yeah. solid at the back. For. And um, yeah, he deserved that. It's been a long time coming for him. That was so uh, Yeah, I was really and chuffed in the Second half, um I had the wins with him, and I think it was just a couple couple errors, minor ones, but worked on in training, and I think. Yeah. Left a couple of tries out there as well, so a bit frustrating, but the winds are few wind. tries, yeah, a few tries we left out there. A
1: little bit about St Edwards. They're, they're a much, much bigger school than us. Um, yeah. It's about 800, 850 pupils. Yeah, the school there. was spectacular. It was a beautiful school, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it was um, and about, about 850 pupils, which, which is massive in comparison to, to us. Um, and for us to go down and, and put a great performance in with the firsts and, and, and beat their firsts was, was brilliant. Our seconds went down and they lost 15-0. But I think big shout out to the seconds. They've been on a great kind of winning streak. And for our, our school, um, our seconds, which is obviously we were quite a small school in comparison, to go down and, and put a great fight up against a big school, they, they would have had lots of uh, players to be able to choose from. And then the end of 15 match, unfortunately, was, was called off through, during the game um, as there was a, quite a nasty injury um, to, to one of the players. So uh, they didn't manage to, to conclude that one. But it was a good fixture overall, I think, as and uh, hopefully what we can do again. Right, the next part, and our our weekly countdown um, into the uh, top 10 sportsmen and women of all time. And coming in, well, a bit of recap. So where have we come from so far? We've had two great athletes um, that we've discussed. um, In the first week, we've discussed Simone Biles. She came in at number 10. Last week, we discussed Floyd Mayweather. And coming in at number 8 is the fantastic Roger Federer. So voted by this panel, Roger Federer came in at number eight as the best men or women of all time. And I think, Dan, you're going to kind of give us a few more facts about uh, Roger Federer. But, you know, if anyone wants to jump in about him and then say how
6: fantastic he is because he is, then feel free. Yeah, well, I think we've all heard of Roger Federer before. And of a tennis player, but he was born in Switzerland to a South African mother and a Swiss father. Good mix out for sports. Yeah, it? it's definitely, it's going to be a good mix, um, there. Yeah, no, he's always been on the top of his game. I think we've talked about it before the consistency. By the age of fourteen, he was the best tennis player in all age groups in Switzerland. So yeah, pretty pretty good achievement. That's Just pretty like good. Starting it? off young.
1: You know, fourteen to be the number one tennis player in Switzerland, and actually, there's quite. Switz when when the Davis Cup comes around, Switzerland perform pretty well. Um, and for him to be the best when he, by the time he's 14, that's pretty good. I like the point about his mother. His, so he's had a very kind of athletic background. His mum was an excellent netballer um, from South Africa. She's a great netballer. Um, she's brilliant at hockey. And, uh, you know, she, she, she had a few injuries, which I think prevented her from developing her sports career. But she was fantastic. And I think that's obviously where he has got that bit of competitive
6: edge. Anything else? Yeah, all well, about his consistency. He won the most matches in a row on grass, which is 65 games, and that's unbelievable. That's, that's well. pretty good, isn't I mean, it? it be a couple of years in a row. Yeah, right? definitely. But, yeah, 20 Grand Slam titles as well. That's unbelievable. So I think he's third in the all-time list behind
1: Djokovic and Nadal. Um, but and lots of his Grand Slam
2: titles have come on grass. Um, he's pretty much known as the grass court specialist. Yeah, it's, it's a good, good variety of um, players for... Uh, in tennis, with different courts, because there's also that big, um, uh, big difference between grass and clay and um, uh, the uh, like the plastic. Uh, yeah, the so inside it's quite hardcore, haven't yeah. you? So yeah, it's really interesting. So, and I,
1: and I think that each of them have, had, have got their little niche. I think that Federer had his niche and his he was the grass grass court specialist, and then Nadal he dominated on clay, didn't he? And, you know, every time the um, the clay court season would come around, he he would kind of clear up there. And then Djokovic is a bit of a master of all of them. Um, and I, I think they they growing up with, with those tennis players. And then throw Andy Murray in the mix there. That we've been blessed, I think, with four outstanding tennis players. A um, couple of other facts, Dan. I like like here. He's a vegetarian until the age of sixteen. I'd be quite interested in why he switched and why he stopped. Um, just is it that his he needed nutrition and in, in the nutritional kind of. Requirements that he needed to um develop and
6: maybe add add um some more protein into his into his diet. I, th- I think another thing is I not many people know is that he's actually got his own business though, hasn't he? In yeah. Spain. He's got his own tennis academy. His own clothing brand. And I think yeah, instead t- t- of him being a top athlete, yeah. he's uh, bringing on a future, isn't he? Really? Yeah, absolutely. So it's quite nice to see somebody who's got the wealth.
1: Come on, then, what's his net worth? How much is how much is he worth? Because obviously, tennis players they are. Yeah. You know, if you're at the, the top of tennis, you are minted. So, how much is Roger Federer worth? It's close to three hundred and twenty million. Wow! Yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? And that would be through competition wins, but endorsements and sponsorship. Um, he's sponsored by some of the biggest brands yeah, in the world, isn't it? Yeah, is yeah Nike. His a big, own brand, obviously. Big, big kind of sponsorship deal. Um, what do we even think then, Roger Federer? Is he deserving of being in the in the top
2: ten? Definitely, definitely. The yeah, he is He's a legend. Him and the, like, him and the Nadal's rivals. So do you reckon we can,
1: we can, we can, we we will see Nadal in kind of this top ten? to be quite interesting to see because if you think of Nadal and Djokovic and Federer, should we see them featuring a bit higher then if they are still playing? I don't know. It'd be interesting if they uh, if they do pop into the top ten. What do you think?
0: I think it's incredible to see in one generation these these men are so just at the top of their game. And Maybe in any other generation you would think one of them individually you'd think, wow he's yeah. the best by far, but it's a real privilege really, especially for tennis fans to see these these three or maybe four I minor, think the, I the think time. the interesting part about
1: it as well is is that how they've developed their rivalries yeah. and friendships yeah. and I was reading Nadal uh, sorry, Federer retired from professional tennis just a few weeks ago, and reading about his kind of career he puts and apportions a lot of his success to the success of his um, rivals. So Nadal, however successful Nadal was being, that really drove Federer on. It kind of really gave him that, that kind of motivation to keep on working hard. So it's great that they, they've obviously been great competitors, but I, I think we mentioned it in the first uh, episode, didn't we? How, how fantastic it was to see them all finish um, and, and send Roger off on his, uh, his, his, into his retirement uh with that tournament but um it's been great to have them and i think you're right jack it's uh it's a pleasure to watch them sports watch what's been going on in welsh sport over the last week lots lots yeah there has been a lot um let's go to where uh, you first then oh can you talk about maybe the regional rugby uh some of the results in regional rugby what's been uh, what's been going on
2: oh well it's been a really um Really successful week for um, the Welsh regions, I think it's um, really been good for uh, exposure because uh, we've been struggling quite heavily in the last um, few years with uh, obviously the um, Premiership, the English Premiership, becoming so massive and uh, lots of uh, Welsh players deciding to go over the border and play over there, it's really good to see the um, Welsh region doing so well. So the, um, the Ospreys had a really um, really tight draw with the Stormers uh, the other night which ended in the 16-16 um, deadlock but the Scarlets were more successful and they won them um, won against Ebra 36-12. How did the uh, how did the, the kind of East Wales clash go? Oh uh, yeah, it was good too, I think um as a Cardiff fan myself it was uh, it was really um really good to see uh, Cardiff um uh, doing quite well now because they um you know they won 31-14 against Dragons which yep. was uh, yeah, it was really nice to see. Um how did the women's rugby get on please Alex?
3: So, they sadly lost 56 12 to New Zealand, who were quite dominant and strong team. But the good news is they have Australia next, and if they win, they can progress through to the final stages as, run, as runners up. Even if they lose, they can still progress through as the third place finishes. Yeah, that's good. And I think
1: I, I read an article and I read the the, uh, the match report from the, uh, the New Zealand loss. and New Zealand are they, you know they're up there with england it's going to be a new zealand if anything goes i don't know it's going, definitely going to be in an england and new zealand final if uh, if there's a surprise in the mix there i'll be uh, the first one to fall over um, i'd be very surprised but so i think we, we could have expected them to lose against new zealand um but they have they are looking forward and really eyes on this this australia match on saturday and if they can beat australia you know, I think they've rightly go through um, as, as runners up, so we wish them all the best there. Right, then, Dan, a couple of injuries to some Welsh players, which could be quite worrying for Pivac um, in
6: the Autumn Internationals. Yeah, um, well, Tane Bashan playing for the Dragons, who's injured and he's out of the Autumn Internationals, he was quite promising last year, I think, you know, a Welsh rugby fan, he was seen as one of those coming through, and Josh Adams as well, who's He's had an n of a season so far watching the highlights. Himself. He's been scoring a good couple of tries, so with his injury to his wrist. Yeah, it's quite worrying that. And basham's out with his arm, um,
1: injury to his arm as well, which which doesn't look good. So he's definitely out, and there's a there's a big concern over whether Josh Adams' wrist will be will be fit in time. Um
2: the news about Dan Bigger, Ollie, I think it's uh it's quite yeah, I think it's quite surprising to me, really, because he, especially last season, he was really standout player for them. Uh, I think mean watching, watching all through the uh, Gallic Premiership last year, he was um, really consistent and uh, proper quality and um, for Northampton. But I'm not entirely sure where he's going to go. I think he'll, I think he'll come back to Wales. Yeah,
1: I think he. I, I'm wondering whether or not it's the right. Is it right for Wales? I think one of the reasons why he might be leaving Northampton is a his contract might be up. B, he's probably a very well paid um, individual at Northampton, probably one of their top earners. So for them to get for them to get him off their wage structure and their wage bill will will be good for them. But that means that as he comes back into Wales, do you think he's going to take a huge pay cut, or do you think he's still going to want to be a really well paid? Um, player I, I think and, and is that the right thing for one of, one of the four regions to do is to pick up a huge kind of um, wage tab like that so I'm, 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 I think you're right I think he'll come back to Wales but I'm just wondering whether or not you know it's the right thing for Welsh rugby. Do, do they need to go and pay him lots or do you think he'll finish off his career and he might end up
2: out in France and, and try and get a bit of a pay deal down there mm. well I'm not really too sure to be honest if I had to guess, then I'd say he probably wouldn't be going to Cardiff. Because um, Cardiff has spent a lot of money this summer on uh, Toby Falatao and Liam Williams. Uh, so I think if they uh, get Dan Bigger as well, they'll practically have the Welsh senior squad. And uh, he's got a big affiliation, hasn't he, to the Ospreys. That's yeah. where he
1: left. So I think if he is going to go back, it would be interesting. He, he might go back there. Mm. Um, but it'd be, it'd be good to watch, wouldn't it, this one. Um, and watch this space. Uh, cricket Jack. What's been going on in the world of cricket? Is
0: there anything happening in the world of cricket at the moment? Well, the World T20's uh, currently taking place in Australia. We saw England, i um, sorry, Scotland have a shock win against the West Indies. A nice mini underdog story there. I think we love, we all love an underdog. And then, finally, England thrashed Pakistan in the final warm-up for their first match against Afghanistan on Saturday. So, yeah. looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to that
1: one as well. And I think T20's a really exciting brand of cricket, isn't it? It's fast. It's kind of yeah. really furious and... And really kind of engages the uh, the crowds and the spectators. So, looking forward to watching uh, how that progresses over the next couple of weeks. Uh, netball. Eliza, what's been going on in the world in netball? Some good news for Wales.
4: Um, yeah, they've qualified for next year's World Cup, um, against from South Africa's match. Um, they've also qualified alongside England and Scotland. So, as... Bro. Great um, they've gone through the qualification tournament an unbeaten and in the final match wales um just won against scotland 58 51. they did it's and that's a very close match really close and
1: that world cup is in south africa next year and i think wales netball has been on an upward trend recently and they're getting a lot of traction um, at the club scene so there's lots of players participating in the academies and and the the club, the major club down in Cardiff, is um, is really firing. They're, they're they're not doing too well in the uh, in the Super League, but I think getting a lot of attention netball, and with Wales qualifying for that World Cup, I think that's only going to grow. So congratulations to the Wales girls, and uh, we wish them all the best in that that kind of endeavour next year in South Africa. Right. In other news, then, other sporting news around the world, we have a big autumn coming up in rugby. Uh, we've got three weeks until the Autumn Internationals mm. and Wales are going to play New Zealand first, uh, then Argentina, then Georgia, and then they'll finish with Australia, which is quite a big, hefty Autumn international. Is anybody going to try and grab a game and
6: watch a game then throughout that period? Or anyone go down to Cardiff and see you? Try to then, yeah. We're well, living kind of myself. I reckon I might have to probably go down,
1: pop up to see watch one.
6: yeah. Yeah, but I feel it's a good lineup actually. I think it's <laughs> tough, it's really tough. With Georgia coming on recently, looking good, strong. I think that's what you say. Then Argentina, oh, Argentina bit, will be a good game. They're a bit like the Virginians, aren't they? Yeah, you never know what to expect. Well, Argentina have been really, really um, physical and been
2: really um, improving over the last few years, um, mm. especially with a. Uh, uh, Carrera, Greras, uh, their winger. He's on fire at he's the at moment for Newcastle. isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. got a really good try um, this weekend. Um, I watched it. It was, a it was unbelievable. It try was ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Brilliant. So he's obviously going into the series with some form, isn't he? So he'll be definitely a player to watch. Um, and what do you think the chances are if you were to look? Who do you think if there's going to be a win or two wins there? Who do you think Wales will be targeting? What do we think? Do you reckon New Zealand? You know, we haven't beaten New Zealand for decades. I think it's back in the... Oh, someone someone will definitely be able to tell me that, but I think it's over 50 years we haven't beaten New Zealand. So I, I can't really see them doing that well with them.
2: Um, what do you reckon? Who do you reckon the ones they'll be really focusing on? Which ones do you think they'll... They'll want to win them all, obviously. Yeah. Australia, I think, will be a... Um a really big test, especially after coming off the really tight win last year. I actually had the, uh, the, uh, the pleasure of going to watch that game in the Principality, and the atmosphere was just unreal. You know, that last minute penalty, um, I can't remember, was it was a Reese Priestland, I think it might be Reese Priestland who um, got it, but yeah, I think coming off the back of that win last year, I think they'll be uh, looking to uh, keep that form up. I think so. I think they'll target the, those three matches, won't they? They can come out with a 3 1 um, win,
1: you know. New Zealand are up there for the taking as well. Uh, they're not, I think they've obviously, Ireland have proven that they're, they're not kind of um, insurmountable. So we're uh, really looking forward to that, autumn internationals. And uh, hopefully Wales can, uh, can, can do pretty well there. Right, last week I kind of set the, uh, the place alight a little bit with a, with a debate when I mentioned Ronaldo and Messi. So I thought I'd kind of bring in a bit more um, of a debate and wanted to get your opinion really and I was doing some reading throughout the week on um, on the gender pay gap in sport. And it's a really contentious, really hot t- topic at the moment. Um, looking at what 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 the pay difference is between men and women. And, and is it right and is it fair? So, just a bit of insight into what the pay gap means. Um, the gender pay gap means that there's a difference in the amount of prize money that men and women receive for taking part in the same competitions. We're not talking about their weekly income from their football club or their rugby club or their hockey. We're talking about um, big world competitions and whether or not the money that they receive for winning it is the same. And I think if we look look through a bit of the, the 100 highest paid athletes, um, there's only one woman in the 100 best paid athletes. So if, if you haven't had to kind of discuss whether the, the pay gap exists, well, clearly it does because there's only one female athlete makes the hundred um, highest paid athletes of, um, of all time. Uh, so that's Serena Williams. Obviously we've talked about Serena in, in past podcasts and she's obviously the most the most famous female athlete I think in the world. Um, but she comes in at 51st. So if she's the highest paid woman, okay, then that, that, that they're obviously kind of proves that there is a big gap in the amount that men and women get paid. Um, just to put it a bit into context as well, In the 2015 World Cup, uh, the U.S. women's football team, they won the 2015 World Cup, and they got 1.5 million pounds as a a reward, so their kind of prize money. And meanwhile, the male version of the tournament, the winners were handed 26.5 million pounds just a year earlier. So that kind of puts it into really kind of harsh facts that there's a huge gap between the amount of money that you get if you're a woman winning a competition in comparison to a, a man. And, and bearing in mind that these um, athletes, women and men, they, they play under the same governing body. So it's FIFA for World Cup, obviously, it's the uh, the IRB for, for rugby. It, it's, they're, they're under the same governing bodies, but there's a big discrepancy in the amount that they get paid. They're just a few examples of where the uh, the pay gap um, exists, um, but, Over recent years, lots of work has been done to start narrowing that. And because it's becoming such an important topic in the news, governing bodies are now starting to match them and starting to to close the gap between it. It's narrowed massively in the last few years, but there are still some sports that don't pay women and men the same. Sports like tennis, for example, have. Sports like gymnastics have but football is the key one still. And there's a big disparity. And some countries are changing that, but some are still being quite, um, quite stubborn. So I'm gonna throw it out there for you. I'm just gonna throw a grenade in there and just say, do you think it's fair that men and women get paid different amounts for playing in the same competitions?
5: No. (laughs) No. No. If this in the same competition, they've got to the same level, then they should be paid same, or at least similar. Because I get with the football, men's football's more, uh, like acknowledged, like okay. know more about football. So maybe because they can attract more attention, they get a higher prize. But 26 and a half and one and a half is that's a, a huge gap. That shouldn't be it. That's a joke, isn't it? Yeah, it no. should be a lot smaller if it's gonna have a gap.
1: Absolutely, that's a great way of starting that off, Meg. So even if it, it's not exactly the same, that's just a too big a gap,
2: yeah. isn't it? It's not fair. Anyone else, what do you think? I think there is an element of, um, of uh, there's definitely an element of unfairness there, like 26 and a half million and uh, 1.5 million it's a massive, massive gap. But uh, I think there's a lot of, um, so obviously you are saying um, about uh, in football, the Men's World Cup, like the Men's World Cup final in, um, I think in twenty fourteen and twenty eighteen, I think that's there was I think there's over a billion people that watched that. That was the um, the most watched sport event in history. Yeah. So I think. Um, so uh, what, what you're talking about there is is what is is the commercial aspect? Yeah, it
5: generates, more yeah
2: it stuff, generates Yeah, it generates a lot. Like it generates yeah. a lot of. Is that content.
1: good enough to hide behind, though? Can 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 we just hide behind the fact that oh, just because more people watch that, that's why we should take.
5: just advertise mm-hmm. the females. Football, for example, more, so more people are aware, some more people watch it,
1: and then you're back at square one. Exactly. Really cool. So there's a, there's a famous um, there's a famous saying in sport. It's called the golden triangle. And the golden triangle is, is set up exactly like that, and you wonder know what a triangle looks like. But each point of the triangle represents a, si- a significant part in sport. One point is participation, okay? One point is sponsorship, and the other point is media. And the idea is that they all interlink, and they all feed off each other. So if one of them, if you want participation or performance to improve, you have to increase the amount of sponsorship and you have to increase the amount of media. If you want the sponsorship to get more, then you've got to increase the amount of media. Can you see how they're all interlinked? Now, the golden triangle is is a great kind of um, aspect around uh, commercialization of sport. And one of them, if one of them has to improve, so is the other. For example, there was a lot of controversy or a lot of kind of um, reports written about the quality of female football in comparison to men. People said that, you know, I just don't like watching it. It's not the same level. But how can you expect that level to improve if they don't receive the same amount of money to improve it? Does that make sense? So how do you think, how do you think we can um, blow down that kind of barrier um, and why? Wh- okay. For well, firstly, actually, why do you think it exists? Why do you think that men get more money for winning in certain sports? Anyone? Go on, I think it has more of a history. <clears throat> I think it's
4: quite new. Um, women's football and women's rugby, so it's going to take longer to get that recognition. Um, but
1: I think it, you. Do you know what? You've hit the nail on the head there. It. It's not. Expected is it? You know, women weren't expected um, to take part in these sports. So what they're doing is it, it, it was all built for men, and it was all built for kind of men to to enjoy, men to watch, and um, women hadn't historically not been allowed, or or weren't given the same respect as as, as men had in in, the, in those different sports. So I think historically you've hit the nail right on the head that just because it hasn't happened doesn't make it right. And I think that's where people are starting to warm to that idea now, aren't they? That, you know, it should have been addressed 10, 20 years ago to ensure that women had the same opportunities as men. And I think if it had been, then we might not be talking about that gap now. But I think it's good that we are talking about it because it raises that profile. It goes back to that golden triangle you know, if we're starting to talk about it a little bit more, it might raise the profile a little bit more. The performance starts to get better, the product gets better, then more sponsorships are interested. Um, what do you think are the biggest factors needed then to get more money
0: into women's sport? I think the responsibility largely lies with the companies who are broadcasting the sports because there's been issues and like, debates as with women's football, for example, not being given the, the prime time coverage. And therefore, it's not as accessible for young young girls wanting to play football. And that's a big problem. But I think companies like, potentially like Sky and BT, it's such a competitive industry. They're looking at it on that short-term basis and thinking, hang on, we need to, they want to get as much money in as possible. They're looking, they're taking a selfish viewpoint rather than thinking about the future of women's sports. Great point. And that's an issue that we're in a situation where companies are almost being forced into making short-term Decisions for monetary gain that may sacrifice to the detriment big of the, issues of, to, to the detriment of, women's of the sport. progression of the sport Yeah, and
1: really they, they should be looking at a, a, a kind of a, a longer-term view because yeah. if you took that longer-term strategy of Okay, we might have to spend some money now or take a loss now to grow the game So that our yeah. revenues increase in the future and I bet you that discussion is happening
0: in yeah, rooms. I think it was great to see. We saw the the women's England national football team. They were really successful in the summer. It finally came home for the yeah. England fans. I think there was a lot of support for that. It was really nice to see. I remember watching it in the uh, in the pub, and it was it was raucous in there. There yeah. was men standing on tables, just delighted to see the the women's national team doing well. And so I guess that, go- that was really good. Back
1: again to that golden triangle. Yeah, doesn't it? You know, back in that golden triangle was so good that if the performance starts to increase, more people become interested in it. If more people are interested in it, what's gonna go up? The sponsorship will go up. If the sponsorship goes up, then you can pump more money back into the sport. So it, it really does go back to, as you quite rightly said, the media attention that is around the sports. Can we engage more people into it? If we
2: can, then everything else will start to go up. I think um, a great like, example of that is the um, England women's rugby team. So obviously they are so dominant at the moment because obviously they've had the funding uh, and they've had the exposure uh, and now that's all been pumped back into the team and now they're obviously dominating absolutely everybody in World Rugby. So yeah, it's really boosting um women's rugby. And, and all that's going to happen
1: from that is they'll get more media attention, mm-hmm. they'll get more sponsorship and then they'll keep developing and keep getting better. There was a, another instance with um, the women's rugby team, Welsh women's rugby team that at the same time that the English team were going professional and, and all of the team, the squad were being paid from the RFU, I think all of the Welsh women team were all semi-professional and you know, didn't have, they all had other jobs to go to. So they couldn't dedicate the same amount of time. And, and you could see that that wasn't fair either. So the WRU I think then got their act together finally and started to address that issue. And then there are far more professional women playing rugby in Wales. And I think it will, ca- will it catch up? I hope it will. I hope that the governing bodies kind of take a, a, a more holistic view and, um, and say, do you know what? If we're gonna have to improve and close the gap, I think they'll have to just take a bit of a loss. I think all companies will have to take a loss to be able to, to, to kind of further the advancements of, uh, of women's sport, and I think quite rightly so as well. Okay, next week's fixtures. There aren't any. Why? half term. Are you all tired? Yes. Are you all <laughs> can't wait for half term? Yeah. Yes, I think it. we're all very tired, aren't we? Lots of things have happened over the last six weeks. We're in our seventh week now, obviously. It's really long term for us at Christ College, seven weeks, but lots of great things have happened. Um, loads and loads of sports, um, but I think we're all deserving of a very, very well-deserved two-week break. Um, But when we do return after half-term, we've got some really exciting fixtures to look forward to. Um, So Meg, who have you got first week back?
5: Uh, We've got a really busy week when we get back. We've got a game against Worcester on the Wednesday, and then a game against Shandaff on the Thursday, and then a game against Wycliffe on the Saturday. Wow, that is a big... So you're going to be
1: relying on your squad rotation there. Yeah. Big time. a Um, A lot of hockey. So I think your kind of training will have to be a bit lower Uh, That week, definitely, with uh, three big, big games. And they're they're three good games as well. Yeah, they're strong To look forward to. And the juniors have got park which um, is the return fixture, so the one they've just played. And then rugby. What have rugby got coming up? Um, Well, I do know they've got a cup game that first week back. That first Wednesday back is the first round of the Welsh Cup. But then who have we got, Dan?
6: Um, So we've got Luckden and Lunderville for the seconds. So I think hopefully the seconds, see what the rivalry means to the boys. Yeah, that'd be that good. Win. Yeah. First win then, get their first leg on in the season. And then the first team we've got, uh, Monmouth Haberdasher's, that's all age groups. Yeah, so, a sorry. big
2: block fixture there yeah. against Monmouth. I
6: think that's a really good one to look forward to
1: um, for the 1st Haberdashers Haberdasher-Monmouth, be a good Daily mail cup for us. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to be a really tricky game. But hopefully with two weeks
6: rest now, um, everyone could come back really firing. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, looking forward to that game. I know a couple of lads who play for Owen. Uh, yeah, I think. Excellent. I know,
1: I, in fact, it's probably good time to say, Dan, wish you all the best for Wednesday. I think I you're playing you so. against Monmouth on Wednesday, aren't you? Yeah. And Brad Avon, um, yeah. both selected for the Crawshays, which is brilliant. So um, on that note, we wish you all the best and uh, make sure you go on a bit of a fact-finding mission for us and uh, do. figure out their weaknesses, but we all wish you all the very best um, for Wednesday. So good luck. You, right, that draws episode three to the close and it's been great. I'm really chuffed and pleased that you've all joined. Um, and I hope you listening at home have enjoyed finding out about Christ College Sports and um, we'll see you in a couple of weeks time.